Hello and welcome to the uplevelmind.com podcast. My name is Drasco and I'm your host for this Real Talk segment where each episode I bring on a heart-centered entrepreneur and live on the call coached him through one central question. Are my business problems actually me problems? In that, I help them uncover why despite knowing all of the business strategies and having done all of the business courses, they are unable to get past their current revenue plateau. Each guest leaves with a deeper understanding of what inner narratives and patterns they need to overcome to realize their next revenue milestone. Without further ado, here's today's guest. Today's guest is John Malora, who went from being a literal rocket scientist to now in a multi-award winning luxury portrait photographer. So John, thank you very much for being on the show. How are you doing today? I'm great. So glad we could connect, Rasco. Absolutely. It's, uh, it, you know, it's not every day that I have an engineer turned photographer, and I know we're talking off air, turned keynote speaker. So that's a very interesting right. arc uh, to happen. So why don't you break that down for us and kind of, you know, how did you get to doing what you're doing right now? Yeah, so I've I always joke that until recently, I've kind of just forced gumped my way through life just kind of bounced from one thing to the other. I don't even know how I ended up in engineering. Some guidance counselor probably told me that I was good in math and science and I should be an engineer and me not having a plan. I probably went, all right, cool, we'll do that. And went through engineering, um, mechanical engineering, and fell into a job uh, working in the um, United States space program you know, for a subcontractor. Did a lot of work for NASA uh, involved in the, or involved in the, uh, leading test projects and missions for Department of Defense, Homeland Security. And I did that for a decade and a half. And it was, I worked with some of the most amazing people on the planet, as I'm sure you can imagine. And about halfway through my tenure there, I went through a tremendous amount of, of personal change. Uh, I lost my best childhood friend, um, who was an Air Force veteran, to uh, unfortunately to suicide. And it rocked my world. Uh, it it pretty much sent me to rock bottom. I didn't know how to process X. He was not only one of my best friends, but he was someone who I looked up to. You know, he's kind of like a big brother um, in many ways. So uh, couple that with becoming a, a, a brand new father in that same time period and a, you know, a very cool but very stressful job. Um, it really put me into a tailspin and amplified a lot of the anxiety and depression that I had felt since I was a, a little guy. And when I kind of hit rock bottom like that, I realized I, I need to turn my life around. Like I, I really evaluated how I was showing up in the world and how I was showing up was obviously a very high performer, um, high executive function, um, Unfortunately, I used what I've come to learn is the vast amounts of empathy I have and just intuitiveness for how people feel. I would use that superpower to shut people down and make them feel bad about themselves. If I felt that this veneer of perfection and like the Superman status that I had built up, you know, from all of my life was ever threatened. And I realized that was, that was not the best way to show up. Um, 
And I had up to that point, not really been a religious person in my life, but, you know, just said the, uh, the serenity prayer and just really had a change of heart. And really the, the first key was self-awareness when I would lash out at people, when I would snap at people and started going through this journey of undoing a lot of the hurt that I had done to people. And in the meantime, I also was beginning uh, to take my side hustle photography seriously um, until in April of 2017, almost six years ago, I had finally had enough with the corporate structure and I had such a, a change of heart. I just wasn't fulfilled enough. And here I was working on some of the coolest stuff on the planet. It just wasn't doing it for me. So my wife and I uh, made the decision that I'd give photography a try full time, which was scary. You know, we have three school age kids. Uh, I don't live in New York or L.A. I live in rural southern Delaware on the east coast of the United States, uh, not known as a hotbed, a mecca of uh, <laughs> photography, uh, but really forced me to you know get creative and figure out ways to make a living and eventually evolved to my what started out as primarily commercial photography for advertising and marketing. And people, you've probably bought something off Amazon that I took the picture of <laughs> for a client. Uh, it evolved into doing pretty much solely portraiture, you know, headshots, private portraits, families. And I really like doing that because it gives people a tangible proof of how the world sees them. And a lot of times that's not how people see themselves. I, I, I've taken so many pictures of uh, people that are models or should be models. And they said, oh, my gosh, you made me look so beautiful. And I'm like, well, that's that's how the world sees you. Now you have proof that maybe on a day where you're not feeling up to whatever task is in front of you, you can look at this picture and be like, oh, oh, I am, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty uh, bad. I'm pretty awesome. Uh, so I've really developed a heart to help people that way. You know, really done a 180 from how I used to be. And then that has evolved into uh, keynote speaking and doing workshops for people specifically on imposter syndrome. Because even though I have, Literally, like I could fill up the wall behind me with like accolades from like NASA and Department of Defense. Uh, when I was receiving those awards, I never believed I truly deserved them. So the more I learned about imposter syndrome, which is that this innate fear that you're a fake, I realized there's ways to turn down the volume of that negative voice. So now I'm on a mission to help people feel good about themselves with photography you know, providing them images of themselves and then keynotes uh, and workshops, helping them overcome that imposter syndrome. Beautiful. I mean, it, it's such a, like, I know you started it saying it's such a, like a Forrest Gump um, kind of story, but like, it, it really is in the most beautiful ways of Forrest Gump, which is like, here's this thread that works and like dive into it, go into it, put your heart into it, explore something, something blossoms out of that. And like weave it into something else. So I think uh, like even just listening to it, it it's it, it's just a great way to contextualize, I think, who you are and what you do. And I think a lot of that, because when I initially heard you talking about, um, you know, like I recognized that I had this empathy and then I was using it in its distorted fashion, which was to actually like hurt people as opposed to like tune into people and, and, and experience yeah. what's actually going on. Like that's one of the hardest patterns to break. 
because it, it it inherently like like the benefit of not breaking it is obvious because you you get to protect yourself so it's like a very like it takes a lot of self-awareness and like your own personal grit to be like mm, no this is not how i want to show up i don't want to be in the distorted version of this so hey i just wanted to like acknowledge that part of your story because i think Thank it's you. such a important one um yeah so anything else you want to add or, or comment to that by all means yeah, that's so, I mean, this, this fits, you know, real well with this, uh, like you were talking about right before we, we, uh, push the record button, how this is not a, a typical podcast. And he, he said, what, why are you doing this? I said, well, I, I, I ask people to be vulnerable every time they step in front of my camera, or I ask people to be vulnerable in the exercises I do when I talk about imposter syndrome. So, you know, I was like, well, this is uncomfortable, make no mistake. Um, but you know, just wanted to jump in and, and really encourage people to uh, be uncomfortable because there's this there's this kind of mindset where people are like, well, I can never be successful at something because I'm not confident enough to do that. When a lot of times you you do the thing, become successful or fail and learn. And that confidence actually comes backward, comes after the fact. So that's that's why I'm here. And that's why I want to encourage people to do in their own lives. Love it. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big supporter of, of walking the talk. So uh, absolutely. Um, yeah. So I'd love to dive into, I mean, you clearly have a lot of self-awareness. You've clearly done a lot of your own inner work. You, you know it enough to be able to guide and facilitate other people through it. So what are the top problems that you're facing right now? Yeah. The top problem that I faced in the last few years of my business is having the the courage and also um, the belief that people want to hear from me, meaning that I, people that I know that know, like, and trust me, it's not, it's not a burden to hear from me and be like, Hey, here's what I got going on in my business. Do you think there's anything that you could do to put me in touch with a client that matches X, Y, Z parameters? I've just had this mental block that, you know, feel salesy, or I'm just going to bug people or, you know, or annoy them. Uh, so that's, that's where a big block has been. Got it. And how do you think that relates to the imposter syndrome you alluded to earlier? Oh, it's, it's, it's in lockstep with it. It's, it's that core belief that you're, you know, I'm not good enough. People don't really like me despite what they say. So it's it's pretty much in lockstep, which this is this, this podcast interview comes at a great time because I just kind of had that epiphany last week <laughs> about all that. So this is, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, I'm already kind of crawling up the hill. So I'm hoping this is the uh, boot in my keister to, <laughs> you know, really kick it into gear to get up over that that hump that's been in my way, which is a self-constructed hill. <laughs> Got it. So given that imposter syndrome, something that you work with uh, other people on and, you know, a firm believer that we generally tend to go through our own experiences of the things that we teach. So we could always teach them better. Um, how would you coach yourself through what you're going through right now? One of the things that that I've done because I I just had a, a huge breakthrough last week where I reached out you know I went through you know my list of you know social media contacts and 
pulled out like 60 people from there and messaged them individually um, with some, with letting them know about my keynote business. And I was so nervous to do it because there, you know, there were people ranging from elementary school all the way through recent contacts. And, you know, the first fear was, oh my gosh, what if no one writes back? Well, if you send these messages out and it's like crickets and it'll be like, yep, that confirms, you know, no one wanted to hear from you, John. And then the next, you know, the next uh, level of fear, because, you know, fear just likes to work its way in. It's it's very uh, in, insidious in the ways it can change up its game quickly. And it's like, oh, oh, all these people from uh, your past before you kind of, you know, got your act together and, and showed up, you know, as a, with a kind heart. All these people are replying. These are like the bulk of the people. What if they say, yeah, I only took this meeting to let you know what a jerk you were <laughs> back in the day. Um, and I'm, I'm pleased to report it's been actually quite the opposite. People are actually happy to hear from me. And the way I would coach myself, which is what I just you know, basically did to myself, is trust those that say they trust you. Meaning if someone says they want to hear from you or they want to help you trust that trust those, you know, that, that's it, that trust you. Right. And I, and I agree with that, but it's also like saying, okay, trust the feedback that reality is giving you, which it's actually given you your whole life from yeah. the accolades, to your previous job, the photography business, to these people that are happy to hear from you and are replying if you could trust those, like you would, right? So it, this isn't really a matter of recognizing that you got to trust reality's feedback. It's trusting your own belief around the validity of that feedback. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a very, that, that's a, that's a minute shift, but very powerful one. I and mean, you're hundred percent correct. Okay. So what lands for you from that? that it's it's really i mean it's it's that voice inside of your head that is well my head that is what actually needs to change um so so what i did when i started getting this feedback from people was you know my immediate my immediate default was oh he's just saying that to be nice and interrupting that again goes back to that self-awareness and interrupting that thought process, which I had to do when I was talking to some people and like, no, what if he's actually telling the truth? You know, what does that say about you? What do, you know, if you believe, if you choose to believe that and it, it, and the day just made me feel good, you know, to choose to do that. And it's, it's about getting reps in. Sure. And right. And just, I, I guess, adding more nuance to the previous point, right? It's like at every step of reality, you're arguing against it, mm -hmm. right? Nobody's going to reply. Oh, they replied. Oh, they just replied to tell me I'm a jerk. Oh, but they didn't tell me I'm a jerk. Oh, so then it's probably something else, right? Like right. even though reality is actually what you want, it's actually giving you the results that circumstantially you feel like you actually want. There's a part of you that has priority meaning that it's, it's it's a safety pattern part of you mm -hmm. that is going to discount and argue with, in this instance, the positives of reality. Right. So what lands for you there? It it, it does go back to the, uh, 
it's a safety reflex. If I don't let people close to me, then, you know, I won't be able to be hurt as easily. If I don't believe the nice things they say about me, um, when they eventually do tell me something about how horrible I am, it won't hurt as bad because I will already have removed the power that their voice would have, you know, with, with positive things. Okay. So great awareness, right? So we'll have removed their power to hurt me if I'm the one hurting myself first. Right. Or, or discrediting their voice. Yeah. It's going to reduce the impact that they could have on me. Got it. So what would you have to believe to continue to perpetuate this pattern? That negative feedback is not the end of the world. If someone does tell me I did something wrong, it's it's most likely not the end of the world. Um, so pause, right? Yeah. So that, that's what you would want to believe. The negative feedback is not the end of the world. But given your reactions, given your actions, given your default thoughts, it, it's not reflective of that belief. So if you flip that around, what do you think you'd have to believe to continue to perpetuate the reality of your pattern the pattern the the healthy pattern that that i'm working towards is that what you mean no the the unhealthy pattern that you're oh oh oh, right oh i'm sorry i misunderstood your okay. question yeah, yeah. yeah oh to perpetuate the unhealthy pattern of not believing them the the core belief is if you make any mistake and are anything less than perfect you are not only going to be alone you're going to be ostracized which you know, as you know, is one of humans' greatest fears. Okay. So if you make any mistake, if you're not perfect, you're going to be ostracized. Yep. Okay. How does that relate to you speaking badly about yourself preemptively? Almost like I'm setting myself up to be alone. If okay. So you're ostracizing yourself before somebody else can ostracize you. Right. Because then, then I'm in, quote, control. Okay. So that's the, let's just say, the survival belief on top of it, meaning life's experiences has given me different contexts through which to experience and build this pattern. So one of them is control. One of them is like hypervigilance on what other people are or are not doing. One of them is preemptive judgments. So if you had to go even deeper beyond it, what would you have to believe about yourself and or the world to perpetuate those patterns? That I am 100% destined to screw up beyond repair okay and when you say that how do you feel i mean when i when i say that, i mean i can point back to you know <laughs> the moments in my past that were the catalyst for that belief okay which is great awareness again but the question was how do you feel and how you feel isn't a past memory it's, it's a present uh -huh. experience so how do you feel when you say I'm destined to screw up beyond repair. When I said it just now, I actually felt powerful. 
like owning, okay. owning that. So tell me more about that. So I'm destined to screw up beyond repair makes you feel powerful. So tell me more about that. The fact that I'm almost able to look at that dragon in the face and say, yeah, yeah, you've, you've, uh, you've been breathing fire on me for, you know, decades, but I'm at least able to, you know, stand here with a, a shield and a sword in front of you. Okay. And where do you feel that in your body? Uh, pretty much right here, right in the center of my chest or my sternum, upper stomach area. Okay. So in your sternum, chest area, like if you had to tune in again and say, I'm destined to screw up beyond repair. So just say it out loud, tune into that area and just tell me what you feel again. Yeah. Destined to screw up beyond repair. Okay. After I say it, the fear kind of sets in. Okay. Yeah. The, the fear sets in after I say it and you, know, you have time to reflect. So tell me more about that. How did you reflect for that fear to come up? It's it's kind of the uh, now that you've now that I've said it, what what do I need to do you know to make it happen? Because when I said it, it's it you know it was it was a reaction. You know, I I I just said stream of consciousness. I didn't think about it. It's kind of like if you're driving your car and a, I don't know, a deer runs out in front of you and you swerve. It's just a reaction. You don't, you don't have time to process that. Uh, you, know, you, you just react. And then when you pull over to the side of the road, after you've hopefully missed said deer, it's, that's when you know, the adrenaline kicks in and it's like, oh my God, what just happened? Yep. So great analogy. I get it. Bring it back to the present moment in the experience we just had and retell the same thing from first person. Which part? <laughs> Sorry. Okay. No, no, it's, uh, it's on purpose. If it's not making sense, by all means, just yeah. either call me out or, or let me know. Yeah. Um. So I asked you to say, so, okay. Let's just, if we run backwards, right. We went through this sort of prompting exercise to get to a potential core belief mm -hmm. i am destined to screw up beyond repair when i asked you how that felt the first place your brain went to was empowered right mm -hmm. if you took that statement in isolation that is the least empowering statement you could possibly say out loud but your brain went to it's empowering and that was actually the second prompting because the first place your brain went to was to tell me a story about its origin. So you've got two layers of avoidance and deflection around this one particular belief, okay? Then when I ask you for the third time, okay, no, like really sit with it, say it, and then tell me where you feel that in your body. Like where do you feel empowerment in your body? And you said, oh, my chest. Okay, cool. Tune in there again. Oh, that's actually fear. Okay. So now you have a fourth layer of distortion, right? That it took fear, disconnected you from it and said, that's empowerment. Don't worry about that. We can, you can, we can use that as fuel, which fear in of itself can't have that quality, but 
we're talking about the distortions here, mm. right? So before I continue, like, do you see the layers of protection that are in place to keep you away from this? Yeah. Okay. And, and what's landing for you when I reflect this back? I mean, real time, it's like, you know, what else, what other areas am I feeling that I come up with this story that is empower that I, I tell myself is empowering, but it's actually a, a, a defle deflection of something else I don't really want to get into. Sure. So now my mind's really like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. And what I want to highlight there is what you said. My mind said, oh, crap. Okay. The reason that I ask you to go down this road is because for individuals like yourself, intellectually gifted individuals, one of the most common protections is the man with the hammer problem, meaning you're so good at analyzing awareness, thinking things through, spotting patterns, doing all of the heady stuff that all problems and many of your problems in life have gone away because you have effectively used your head. This is why you had a very successful, you know, engineering career, able to navigate a transition using your head, analyzed and watched yourself through imposter syndrome and talked your way out of it. Because like you said, oh, I just got to get better at interrupting thought patterns. That is a very heady way to navigate this problem. And it's a great skill to have. It's a great quality to have. There's lots of gifts inherent in that. A problem then where it stops being effective, and this is it was a big part of my journey as well, is you have to come to terms that you cannot outthink emotions. Mm. And the reason that I ask you to tune into your body is the classic place where individuals like yourself do not want to go, do not have the experience of going, and where all of their demons are actually experienced, they're not experienced in your head, they're experienced in your body, is actually being able to connect to your inner space through like having a somatic experience of whatever's going on. This is why it took us four tries for you to get to the core emotion that you're experiencing around this very harsh belief of I'm destined to screw up beyond repair, right? You take mm -hmm. that and you combine it with what we just said. It's no surprise to me that you're so intellectually gifted and excelled in an intellectually demanding area. Why? Because you could use your intellectual horsepower to ensure that you can excel and never have that repair or never have that belief actually turn out correct so i know i'm throwing a lot your way what what's landing for you i'm hearing about 40 percent of it because my adrenaline is going so much and i just have that fear like just right here so my arm i about the sweatiest armpits i think i've had since uh i've worked out Earlier. Beautiful. So <laughs> firstly, I, I just want to acknowledge you and really hold the space for you for like, this is one of those moments where people like, 
flee or they start to actually open up the possibility of what exists beyond this. Okay. One of my gifts is, is really being a powerful mirror and individuals like yourself, when I shine that mirror who are so good at the intellectual side of it, not many end up actually staying and being like, you know what? I actually have trouble processing this and hearing you because I'm freaking out inside. So I know that's not easy. I've been in your position and I just want to acknowledge the strength it takes to stand in that light, especially in this type of forum. So number one, I just want to acknowledge you for that. Thank you. Um, any questions, comments, or concerns about that piece? Uh, no, no. Thanks for the the space to acknowledge that. I mean, I'd be I'd be doing myself a disservice. I didn't say like, mm, maybe this isn't for me. There's that big red leave button over on the bottom right of the screen. But you know, here I am, like on the verge of tears. But you know, let's in for a penny, in for a pound. Let's. <laughs> Correct. So again, beautifully done and a great sign of strength. So I'll just, I want to switch gears a little bit. And if we can just zoom out a little bit, kind of bring you back to, um, not at the edge, but kind of bring you back more intellectually. Like when you look at everything that just got unpacked, what kind of problems do you see this causing inside of your life and your business? being able to explain away, you know, maybe not having the sales I want, um, knowing what, you know, I feel is the right thing to do to, to get more business, but not doing them, being able to, to come up with reasons not to. Uh, and a lot of them are noble obstacles. Oh, well, you know, I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to spend that much time calling people because I got to get my kids off the bus, you know, kind of thing, explaining away. Okay. So kind of a perpetuating a lot of inaction to actually move the business forward. Right. Okay. So holding back the sales that way, anything else? I'm still coming down. Can you please repeat the question, please? Okay, sure. And by the way, if you're like, I've had enough, you can just let me know. I, I'm okay to, to, to end it. So you, you, you just like, you're the leader of this helm. Like I yeah. go as far and as deep as you want to go. Yeah. Perfect. So are you okay to, to continue or oh, yeah. are you okay to yeah. just close it here? No, no. I mean, I, I feel like I'd be only going about, you know, 60% of the way, you know, that I didn't know I was getting into, but you know, we're here already. It's kind of like when I was going through my black belt test, it's like, I wasn't going to throw in the towel and be like, Oh, this is, this is, this is tough. This sucks. <laughs> it's like, let's, let's do it. Love it. And yeah, I acknowledge that strength and character as well um, there. And so the question was really, okay, so how, like if you have to extrapolate everything that was unpacked here, mm -hmm. right? What problems inside of your business are causing? So one of them you said, okay, well, it's definitely keeping me from sales that I want. Okay anything else or that's kind of the major it's it's like the break on the expansion of the business yeah yeah that's the the big part is is the not even the the let like the the amount of sales i get it's it's 
more specifically, it's the consistency of, of business. Got it. So the stability of like, it's not, I'm freaked out because now I'm not getting sales. So I go and do the thing and push through fear. It's consistently doing the actions that I know right. are empowered and aligned. Okay. Yeah. It, it's the consistency and that, and that, that shows up in a, a lot of areas of my life. And it's something that, that I'm actively working to put systems in place to be more consistent with things. Um, would you uh what what would what, what was the thing called? I had to look it up and I was like, Oh yeah, I have that shiny new shiny object syndrome. Yeah. Is that what yeah. it was? I remember that correctly from when I filled out that thing. Yeah. Like, correct. I'm like, what is that? And like that sounds like something I have, but let me look and see what it is. And I looked up and it's like, you know, you chase the next thing, you put all the effort in and then it doesn't happen, then you're on to the next thing. I'm like, oh yeah, got that. So it's the lack of consistency with things surrounding uh, my businesses is something I've, I've struggled with historically. Got it. Because if it's not dire circumstances or if the circumstantial pressure isn't large, I don't actually do things because without the pressure, the safety mechanisms kick in and I don't actually do them. That's, that's an excellent point. Um, I'll tell you what, if, if a plane goes down in the Andes and we both survive, like I'm the dude you want by your side in a crisis like that, planning stuff out and like having the forethought to think things through is something that I don't, I, I have not done that. That was my, you know, that was my word for the year this year or is my word for the year this year is forethought. Like I realize that's a deficiency and it, it circles back to if I don't have a plan or I don't have goals or I don't have these targets that I want to hit quarterly, semi-annually for the year, if I don't have them and I don't hit them, well, there's nothing to miss. I haven't failed. I haven't fulfilled my own prophecy of I'm going to screw up. Correct. So perfect preemptive self-sabotage. Right. Right. Like, so yeah, I'm glad yeah, that, that that's landing for you. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, then November rolls around. I was like, why aren't my sales? What, what would I want them to be? Well, because I didn't actively pursue specific goals. Right. And then the flip side of that is the results I do create, I create them out of desperation. I don't create them out of inspiration. Yes. Yes. Well said. Right. Okay. So how do you think that affects your business outside of just the consistency or is that it? I really think that's it. I, I've done a lot of work to figure out how to create sales where I feel valued monetarily, at least, you know, hired coaches on that. Because I, that would, if we would have talked this time last year, Drasco, that would have been, that would have probably been the biggest thing. I would have said, I don't feel valued. I have this job that most people aspire to. I'm a, I'm a professional photographer. And it kind of sucks because, you know, I, I don't make a lot of money doing it. When the reality was I, I hadn't done the work to figure out ways to charge more and find those clients. So I went out and found just like you and I are doing here, you know, with the coaching. Um, I went out and found the, the coaches because I'm like, someone's got to be making decent money. So I, I found those people and got their training and implemented their things and 
you know, here we are doing quite well every time we have a sale. It's just the consistency. Right. So basically I've invested in like the business skills. I've closed that gap. I've, I have evidence that I know how to charge appropriately with the right margins to be able to sell higher end packages that I'm like happy with and they're happy with, like all that part's good. However, that skill set is at a bottleneck when I don't show up, right? Yeah, so yeah. now that's where the creating out of desperation falls into place. So I'm not showing up as the kind of person who can create the kind of stability needed to go to the next level. That's causing lower revenue than I desire. That's creating an inconsistent business, thereby creating that cycle where I need the external pressure to actually perform the skills that I've invested in and know. Right. Okay. So anything that lands for you from that reflection? No, you 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 nailed it. I I like the the phrasing you used with bottleneck, because I looking back as as we were talking, where you said you you know I end up in this like um, point of desperation. Um, I I know that is when I would finally make those calls I didn't want to make. You know, we just got I don't know, if I had gotten a vet bill <laughs> that I wasn't expecting. Well, guess what? Then I'm calling, you know, Jane Doe, following up on that photo shoot we talked about three months ago that I never heard back from. Why? Because now I need to pay this this vet bill for something. So that's that that's where I don't want to be, and that's why I'm actively working to not be in that to create a more stable business. Beautiful. So then, if we go from that thread, who or what would you be if you didn't have? these limiting patterns i i would be i would be someone who wasn't continually stressed about money and letting that affect um i would be i would be someone who would who would have more of an optimism that i made the right choice i've carried a lot of guilt since i left a very um, high income job with steady paycheck. I've carried a lot of guilt. Um, a lot of that guilt would go away with more consistent business, you know, at the price points that I operate at when I do make sales or when I do have business. Okay. So those are great indicators of, I would get relief from the things that I don't want. So consistency of actions and not working out of desperation would cause me to be less stressed about money because the business would be consistent. Mm -hmm. That would also keep me in a more optimistic state because then I wouldn't go into the doom loops of, oh, well, I screwed up because I took you know this route as opposed to another one. Mm -hmm. That is more relief from the states that I don't like about myself right now. It's not really at the heart of the question, which was hypothetically speaking, if I could wave a magic wand and eliminate all of the limiting habits, the imposter syndrome, the beliefs of I'm destined to screw up beyond repair, nobody likes me, and all the things that we spoke about today, 
you cannot engage in them anymore. What's underneath that? Who are you without those patterns? I am someone who is innately tuned to how people feel and would just find great joy in serving them and also just be happy with who I am and not question, you know, what, what am I going to do to mess this up? Beautiful. And how would you show up in your business without the ability to engage in your limits? I, I would reach out to people knowing that I'm not a, I'm not a burden on them. I'm, you know, people, people would like to hear from me. They like to hear what I'm up to. And I would feel more comfortable about just catching up with people whenever I reach out to them for, for a business request. Perfect. So if you took that even further, right, reaching out to people, uh, knowing I'm not a burden, if you weren't a burden, what would you be? Um, I would be, um, I would, I would, I'd be someone that brings light into their life. Okay. Why? Because I truly like hearing about what people are up to and helping them feel seen. And I, I do like taking away those limiting beliefs. I, I enjoy talking about accomplishments I've done and hard things I've done. Yeah. Celebrating. So what I hear from that is like in full acceptance and ownership of my best qualities. Yes. Does that land for you? Yeah, so it's a very poetic way of saying it. <laughs> yeah, perfect. So if you look at that list, right? I wouldn't be stressed about money because things would be consistent. I'd have more optimism and less guilt because I wouldn't be creating out of desperation. I'd be innately tuned into how people feel. I'd find great joy in serving them. I'd have ownership of an acceptance of all of my best qualities. I'd be happy with who I am, reaching out to people because I genuinely want to know more about them and express that. I want to bring light into their life, being just more comfortable with catching up to people in general. What would you create from that space? I would create community. I'd, I'd create... Um... I'd create an example for my kids and family and also other people that I come in contact with of the importance and power of relationships. Beautiful. And what about in your business? Um, I'm sure that the business would magnify nonlinearly with that. Okay. So some kind of exponential growth in comparison to the linear growth that it's experiencing now. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? Um, just, I think just contentment. Um, you know, I have these flashes of memory of what it felt like to be content, you know, before, um, you know, things sent me down this path and, 
I, I think life would feel a lot like that and almost like that uh, sepia tone childhood memories, you know? Love it. Yeah. Because you could bring your full self into it and create what you want to create, not to get yourself out of vines. Right. Beautiful. So there's obviously a lot more, uh, you know, we can dive into, especially on the elimination of these, but as far as mapping out the overall patterns, like, does this feel complete for you? Is there still something left outstanding? I think it does. It's a, I, I've been jotting things down. Um, and one of the things I wrote down was um, consistency of actions. Um, create out of inspiration, not desperation. Those are, those are going to definitely be mantras for me going forward. Beautiful. Okay. Well, in that case, um, since that feels complete, uh, why don't you then just summarize for us in your words, what did you come into this experience uh, thinking you needed to work on? And then what unfolded for you? What I came in knowing that I needed to work on was just getting that consistency of, of business and income. Uh, what showed up was, you know, a light getting shined on how I'm able to tap dance around things and spin things, especially for myself. Uh, that allows me to avoid, you know, what I don't want to look at. And it was very eye-opening to hear, you know, the, the observations that you made because, and it, it was, it was jarring because I have done so much work on myself. You know, the, the knee-jerk reaction, the, the, the old story, those survival things kicked in where it's like, see, look, John, you didn't, you didn't actually do as much work as you thought, um, I mean, it, it, it totally triggered me. Like when I told you, like, you know, like my armpits were sweating, I was like, almost like, you know, forget this and some other choice words. Um, but I, 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 you know, I stuck with it. Um, and I'm, I'm glad I did. So it was very insightful stuff. Um, you truly have a skill. So thank you. Thank you for allowing yourself to be witnessed uh, in this manner. Um, so yeah, why don't you then just close us off and let everybody know where to find you, who's the best person to find you. Floor is yeah. yours for that. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so I can be found online at johnmalora.com. That's J-O-H-N-M-O-L-L-U-R-A.com. Uh, that'll take you to stuff about imposter syndrome and keynote, which I'm sure some of the stuff we talked about today will find its way in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with, with the aim to help other people and also to let them know that I, I identify with that. And there's links in there to my photography. Um, you know, I photographed everywhere from Antarctica to England. So, you know, if people see my portrait style and think that it's something that maybe I, my, my style and the way I approach things could really help them uh, and give them, you know, physical proof of how awesome they are. Um, I'd love to speak to them, you know, we can always arrange a photo shoot I'm in beautiful coastal Delaware by all the resorts. So make a vacation here or, uh, you know, we can always talk about me uh, coming to people. Beautiful. Well, as always, we'll include uh, all of the 
websites and your info uh, for that in the show notes. Uh, so John, thank you very much for coming on and for everybody else listening. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks, Trasco.